Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and today I would like to bring to you an interview with Linda Fostek, who is a person who I met through Women's Prosperity Network, and we get together every Tuesday and do masterminding and brainstorming. Linda is known as the crisis planner, and you may think that that's an oxymoron, so I will let Linda describe what is a crisis planner. (laughs) Well, you know, it's wonderful to be here, Pat, and uh, actually, the a crisis planner is somebody who prepares for disaster before it actually happens. Basically, your preparation allows you to get through anything, whether it be a natural disaster or a personal disaster, because the planning for all of these things is pretty much the same, the same things that you have to have in place, and it allows you to get through it to actually get off the worry go round, You can stop worrying about the things that might happen and actually be prepared to deal with any kind of emergency you could be faced with. And we know there's a whole range of unexpected things that happen to us. And Linda's got a radio show that draws on lots of different types of disruptions in our life. Can you tell us about your radio show before we get into your writing of books? Uh, Yes, actually, the radio show kind of came out of um, some of my book writing as well. But the radio show is called The Linda Fostek Show, and it's Get Off the Worry-Go-Round. And uh, every week we deal with different types of disasters that can actually befall us. And in reality, it's all about the solutions to the problems those disasters could have. It's anticipating the problems that you can have and putting plans in place, having documents in place, having things put together so that when and if a disaster does happen, you're ready because invariably when we're faced with disaster, we tend to make bad decisions in the middle of a crisis and our options are significantly reduced. So by planning ahead, you can actually recover from a disaster faster. That sounds like a tongue twister. Um, You can also um, avoid the family conflicts that disaster frequently brings with it. And you can control the chaos, which reduces your stress and allows you to come through the other side and not just survive, but thrive on the other side of a disaster. I would imagine you said that once or twice before, Linda. A couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to take you back to where you were in your business at the time that you decided to write your first book. Tell me about what led up to that book and what was that book about? Well, you know, it's really funny. I I had been invited to retire from my pharmaceutical job, which I had had for 22 years at the age of 60, and had had a a plan B in place with a um, multi-level marketing company. I loved the products, but it wasn't in my heart. 
and I found Women's Prosperity Network. And, and actually, one of the things that Women's Prosperity Network does is they expose you to things that you never would have been exposed to. And one of the things they exposed me to was an invitation to come here. Laurel Langmire, who's the millionaire maker, and Kevin Harrington, who is the father of the info commercial. He actually was the one who brought the Ginsu knife to TV. He's also owns the brand as seen on TV. That's actually a brand. That's not a label. They just stick on things. And somebody had asked him um, from the 50,000 products he gets presented every year, how does he pick the 20 to 30 he actually puts his name on? And his answer was so simple and it hit me like a ton of bricks because he was like, well, if he sees something that fills a need, he feels compelled to bring it to the market. At which point I thought of something my father had created 23 years earlier. Um, and it was like a light bulb went over my head and I said, the time is now. He had created a home operations manual for, for the home and uh, because he had seen so many of his friends lose a spouse and the one that was left was left in total chaos. Um, and, but it had sat on a shelf for 23 years. And I said, the time is now. Baby boomers are dealing with our aging parents. We're dealing with our own mortality. We're dealing with our children leaving the nest. And I said, the time is now that people really need to be better prepared for the events that are unfolding in front of them. And by being prepared, they could have better quality of life and really be much happier. So that was what inspired me to start the business. And now that was in August. And actually in September, I said, well, how am I going to do this? His project was so overwhelmingly big to me in terms of what it needed to become. And I said, how am I going to get my name out there that people are going to know what I'm going to do? And that's when I started writing my first book, which was uh, something that I said I needed to get people's attention and I wanted people to kind of get to know me through this book. And that book was Shit Happens. <laughs> so, memorable title. And, you know, and I, I deliberately made it look like something familiar. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I reversed the colors of the dummies books and, and it's, it's designed to be a reference book for disasters. And that was my first book. And when I first started going out networking and that was all I had, I had no other products. I had nothing else. I just had my book and, you know, and I was doing something that nobody else was doing. And quite honestly, that was the thing that made it memorable when I stood up in front and introduced, introduced myself as, as the author of the new book, Shit Happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's how it all started. And it really, the book really gave me credibility immediately. It also gave something, gave people something that they could read and hold and touch to get to know me. And that was, I think, that really opened a lot of doors for me over time. And that was followed by eight more books that I've written in the, in the five years since. So oh, it, eight it, books in five years, that will <laughs> stun some people right in their tracks <laughs> when they hear that. And, and most of my books are, you know, all of my books are some sort of a reference or um, some sort of a, a book to keep records in. So they're, they're really more manuals and, but there's writing in there as well. So it, they're really how-tos. 
and ways to organize yourself. So, and I have at least five more books that I've outlined that have, um, are in the works to be written. So I've sat down, I know what needs to go in them. You know, obviously things are always evolving and, and changing. Obviously we're dealing with a major crisis right now in the, in the whole world. Um, and, you know, we've never really looked at pandemics before quite this way. And, and, you know, it's like, how do you prepare for that? How are you ready for the next time this happens? Because this is sort of like, I mean, it's not unheard of that these things happen. I mean, when you think about it, Sir Isaac Newton created calculus when he was quarantined during the black plague, you know? So, I mean, he had to be really bored to create calculus. <laughs> you know, but, you know, imagine how bored you'd have to be. Pretty bad. I don't know. I think you have to be bored to take it personally. Not, well, person. it, well, it definitely will put you to sleep. <laughs> it's not exactly my most exciting subject. But, you know, so truly, I mean, what I do is so connected with what people are experiencing every day. And writing is just a, a great way to express it. And whether you're writing a book or you're writing a, 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 a news or in a newsletter article or a, a magazine article or a newspaper submission or anything, writing is the best way to get your message out. Now, tell us about how you got this first book published. Did you independently publish it? Did you go to a publisher? Did you use an indie publisher? I used actually an indie publisher, um, Parker House Books which um, is a small indie publisher out of Tallahassee because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and basically I used her specifically for the formatting, the mm -hmm. uploading and the e and editing because one of the things that I was told when I was in the ninth grade, that's someday I would be a famous poetress with somebody to correct my spelling. I <laughs> Well, and thank God for spell check and grammar check, but even those are not infallible, as we all know. So, uh, but I have always loved to write. And, you know, writing was, I mean, I filled books with poetry over the years, which I've not published yet, which one of these days I will get around to the, doing that, put a book together with that. And it must be in my blood because my mother actually wrote and published two novels in her 70s and early 80s hmm. and has written a third one that unfortunately she never quite finished because unfortunately uh, she had Alzheimer's that kind of took over and, and her storyline has a few holes in it that need to be fixed. But one of my um, dreams is to actually finish that book for her and publish that also mm -hmm. for her because the story is a great story and, and hers were all fiction. But there's definitely writing in my blood. <laughs> my father was not a writer. I have a sister who writes novels and science fiction. Ooh. And I've got a brother who writes music books. You know, he takes guitar music, for example, and translates it into harmonica and has written several music wow. books. Wow. <laughs> and I've written... And you've written all, a number of books also. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So you went with the indie publisher. Did you stick with that publisher for subsequent books or did you do that a different way? Okay. Now I actually used her again when I did uh, finish the, um, the home system series, which was born out of my father's project because mm -hmm. this was five books that really needed help formatting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this, this was a major undertaking. And you can see there's many, many pages in here. Um, a lot of uh, fill in the blank kind of things, but still a lot of writing. I was surprised how many words were in each of them. And each book served a different purpose. And that's part of the home, the crisis planner home system, which stands for home operations manual and emergency system. Mm -hmm. It's a home that has a, that actually means something. And that is part of a whole system that comes with a toolkit for your house and a, and a box to store all your documents. This was my vision on that day with Kevin Harrington was to take my father's pathetic thing he had put together and to have it evolve into something that would be more meaningful and useful for people. Mm -hmm. um, and take his book, which was written like an engineer, and look like something an engineer put together and to make it more user-friendly and, you know, in language that people could understand because <laughs> you know? my dad was an engineer. So there, there you go. You know, he wrote the way he spoke, uh -huh. but the other books that I've written, the now what book and love hate networking and uh, the password passport, I did all, all by myself, uploaded them, formatted them, um, make up upgrades and changes to them at, at will. So truly, you know, once you understand how easy it is to do that and to work with the self-publishing platform, um, it's, it's really very simple to work with. And even for me, and I'm a techno, I'm not very good at technology. I get frustrated and I, well, I get stubborn and then frustrated because I'm stubborn enough not to give up until I get frustrated and then I call for help. <laughs> and I understand that one of the books that you put together is a book for which you license the rights to other people to be able to use. And that's not a concept that we have discussed on writing to get business. And I would like you to explain that for our listener who is unfamiliar with what you're doing in the way of using licensing rights? Well, that book is my and now what book. And it's really funny. It started out as a stapled together, printed in my basement pamphlet that I put together mm. for a workshop that I had to have something I could sell. And I threw this thing together in a weekend and actually sold $200 worth of these little booklets at this workshop because it was a useful thing. Well, it then evolved into a 50 page book, very simple, simple cover. Let me try not to get glare on mm -hmm. it with a simple cover. Um, and it's a lot of fill in the blanks and it helps people organize all their documents. And then it tells them what to do. It, it's a life planner and survivor's checklist. So it's all, all your planning beforehand and then what to do when somebody passes away and then the healing afterwards. So it was just a little book that I threw together. Well, 
people started saying, oh, I really like that. Professionals, uh, attorneys and, and accountants and people who did home organizing. And so the first thing that started was I started white labeling it. And what white labeling is, is you take a book like this and I moved everything up just a little bit and made enough space to put their logo and their contact information so that they could give it to their clients as a value added. That's called white labeling. That doesn't change any of the content inside. The only thing they're doing is they're putting their labeling, their, in, their contact information and their logo on the front cover. And they had to buy 50 books and I charged them a setup fee to do the cover. That has since evolved into a licensing program. And a licensing program is when you actually have somebody either license the book under their own name or license them as a co-author. In my case, I'm licensing them as a co-author. Um, some people are uncomfortable uh, with just licensing their own name. If they're only writing two pages of the book, they kind of feel that that's not uh, copacetic. But as a co-author, they actually get, oh, where's my co-author one? Co-author, co-author, okay, co-author. So they get their name and their picture on the cover with me and my name. They get their name on the spine. They get their picture on the back cover with their name. They get to write the two-page forward. Now, the forward is usually written by somebody who has expertise that they want to share that the value of this book. So the forward is going to be written by that person's perspective on how this book is going to be used as a tool. Mm -hmm. And then they also, in the back, get their full page bio with a picture. What this does for the person who doesn't have the time or interest of writing their, the book entirely on their own, they literally can become a co-author. And when they stand up and make a presentation, they, they can literally say that they've co-authored this book because that's what it is. The cover is exclusive to them. They have the background they pick is gonna be exclusive to them. And they also get exclusive geography. So if there's an attorney in Nassau County, I'm not going to have another attorney in Nassau County that's a co-author. I'm going to, you know, it's going to be somewhere else. And they'll each have a unique cover. They each will have, absolutely, they are the co-author of that book. And you have different, you know, again, they get 50 books with the, the package. They get a, a marketing program for their business, not for their book. So they would make, have an appearance on my radio show and they'd get a feature in my newsletter. They, they, there's marketing pieces that go with it. And for a co-authorship, you can charge a lot more money than you can just for a, a, a white label. And Give us an idea of what you might think would be typical ranges so our listeners understand white label versus licensing the rights or co-authoring. Well, Typically with the white label, they, they, they purchased the 50 books, which are discounted from the cover price, and they pay a one-time fee to design the cover. So that package is usually $500 for their first purchase. 
the second time they reorder, they don't have to do a new cover. So they're just paying for the books. The um, co-authorship, because there's a lot more involved in it and the marketing program with it, that's about 2,500. Mm -hmm. And you identified that potential co-authors are not limited in your case to attorneys. There are other professions who see this book as valuable that they can hand to their clients, mm -hmm. show that they're experienced, they've got expertise, they have credibility, they have instant mm -hmm. authority without going through the labor of writing the book. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, ha I have uh, insurance agents, uh, accountants, attorneys, um, anybody who's a professional that's either dealing with seniors or any of the planning activities that one would be involved in uh, could become a co-author. And especially if they're doing speaking and they just, they know that a book has value, but they don't want to spend the time to write their own book. And it does take time, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. But it's fun and it's exciting. And I mean, I look at my bookshelf now and I'm like, oh my goodness, I have all these books that I've written. And you know, the, the funniest thing is I have one outlier because all of the other books that I've talked about have all been about planning and systems and organizing. And I have actually built my entire business through networking. Mm -hmm. And I had been invited to speak on a lead her ship cruise on the subject of networking. And about three weeks before the cruise, the woman who had coordinated it asked me if I had written any blog posts or anything, articles or anything on networking. And I, and I said, no, but I'll work on it. And a week later, I had written Love Hate Networking. <laughs> Oh my goodness. One and it became a, in one week, self-published, became a bestseller on Amazon. And it's all the basics the, of the, the way I view networking. So on how to be an effective networker to, to literally get your return on investment from the time and effort and money that you spend networking. And she was like shocked because I had the books with me on the cruise. And she was like, oh my God, you, you did. I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, I knew what I was going to talk about. You take your, you know, if you're doing webinars and if you're doing talks or you're writing blogs, you have so much material already written for a book. You can put them all together in some sequence that makes sense, make it flow from one chapter to the next, and you have a book. And most of us are doing a lot of you know, written communication one way or the other, whether they're blog posts or, or newsletters or, you know, things that you're sending out to clients on a regular basis, information that you're sending out in emails. And if you compile all that information together, you actually have a lot of material for a book. And a lot of people don't realize that that's how books get put together. It is. It's one of the joys of repurposing to be able to not have to start from scratch, mm -hmm. pull all of that together, figure out where the holes are, what new material you might need to write to fill in a hole, and recycle, repurpose, rinse and repeat, and get the benefit of all the work you've, that you've already put into that topic. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's amazing. I always have books with me wherever I go. And one, 
one of each, maybe occasionally I'll bring a second one. But, you know, of the of the smaller books, they're in my bag. And invariably somebody asks me, oh, do you have a copy of that? I want to buy it. I always come home from gas with gas money. I never leave someplace without somebody <laughs> handing me money. Because when you're an author and you have books, people are interested. And especially when you stand up and you, you say at an introduction in a networking meeting, hi, I'm Linda Fostick, the crisis planner. I want you to get off the merry-go-round because when shit happens, you're going to ask yourself, and now what? And I hold up the two books. And that's all I have to say. And people come and talk to me. They want to know more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so. Well, what advice would you give somebody who is thinking about writing a book and is procrastinating? My best advice to the procrastinators out there is if you have a book in you and you know, you know your stuff, it's not like you're writing about something you don't know about. Write an outline and start working on it. You know, you can always, and, and if you've already written a lot of stuff, pull it all together and see how it could flow together in a book. I mean, most of us have so much stuff already written. It's not like you're starting from scratch. So when you're talking about they're procrastinating, they're procrastinating because they don't know where to start or how to, how to do it. And let me tell you, this woman right here, Pat Iyer, she can get you th over that hump so you can stop procrastinating. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. You're a woman of action and you inspire others to take action, really. I figure that my knowledge doesn't do anyone any good if it stays in my head or it stays on my hard drive. And that's the other issue that I run into is with people who have almost finished their book, but it's not quite good enough. It's not quite perfect enough. And it sits collecting electronic dust. What advice would you give that person? It's never going to be perfect. And even after it's published, you are going to find things that you're going to want to change. And that is the magic of self-publishing because you can change it like that. You can fix things like that. This book now, this and now what book, this is probably about the 12th revision I've had on this book mm. over the last five years because I continuously revise, update, add to, uh, just make it better. Just get it out there. It's like the painter who can never let anybody see their artwork. I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not the perfectionist as, an, as a painter. When I decide the painting is done, it's done and I never look back at it because the next painting I do is going to be different and it's going to be better because I've learned something. Oh, I'm going to do that differently the next time. And just know that it is going to be as good as you hoped it would be. And nobody else is going to see that you could have changed this paragraph or changed that word, or nobody else is going to see that the way that your critical eye is going to look at it. They want to, you to share their knowledge, your knowledge with them, so that they can become a better version of themselves. So as long as you're bringing that to the forefront, 
trust that you are bringing the, it is perfect just as it is. And it, you know, for those people who say it's never done, it's never going to be good enough. Who are they to judge their own work? Let somebody else love it because they will love it. Linda Fostick, author of nine books in five years with another five books that are tucked away in the file folders of her brain somewhere. And oh no, I, I actually have the, 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 the things typed. I, I know my outlines are all ready. <laughs> outlines of five books. You'll be hearing more about Linda Fostick in the future. And be sure to tune in to her radio show. Can you tell our listeners how they can find you on radio and learn more about the services that you offer? Okay, they can tune in to Bold Brave Media dot com show you know with the slash show slash the dash linda dash fostek dash show or they can reach me uh, at, at my website which is the crisis planner.com and fostek is spelled f-o-s-t-e-k k yes perfect so Thank you, you Linda, get, for being get on. Get my books online at Amazon or at the Crisis Planner, either place. And be sure to check out Linda's home system. I own it, and my husband and I have been going through it and filling in the blanks and causing us to, to do some research and keeping track of all the things that are either in his head or my head that needs to be put down on paper. It's a real important aspect of managing your affairs, getting your papers in order. Thank you so much. This Thank you, so, Linda. So it much fun. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.